Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. And we're back. Beautiful morning out there. It's not quite foggy here in Sunny Slope, but it's certainly cloudy. And it looks like it's going to be a gorgeous day. Anyway, we've got a couple lines available. Number to call, 602-277-5827-277. KTAR for the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Uh, not only do we have Susan Monday in the news and find out what's happened, but we have the lovely Shira here on Phones and Music. Give her a call. Uh, Chris in Queen Creek. Good morning, Chris. Morning, sir. Uh, last Saturday, I put in 7,000 square foot of sod in my backyard, mm-hmm. and somehow it's magically looking like it's growing. Well, how uh, could you have had? How could you have, Chris, managed to plan a lawn at any more perfect time than this week? I know <laughs> that's <Yeah>. unreal. <laughs> so the paperwork states that you should mow it after two weeks, mm-hmm. but it says also to water it three times a day up till two weeks. Mm-hmm. My question is, is I have a zero-turn mower. Okay. Once I, once I turn, is that thing going to tear up everything it, underneath? Yeah. How do I well, yeah, you, you don't want to yeah. uh, mow it yet, okay? After two okay. weeks, the ryegrass will root down deep enough. And, you know, with okay. the watering we had, that's just perfect, okay? What you might even yeah. want to do is throw some, like, 16. Did you put any fertilizer down before you put your sod down? No. You might t- pick up some 1620 ammonium phosphate fertilizer and go ahead and put it down okay. right now, okay? And water okay. it. Now, you won't have to water it as much because we got, you know, a lot more humidity. But uh, yeah. probably, you know, still watered again this afternoon. You got a couple days okay. reprieve on that water, which couldn't be any more perfect. You know, when, when the ryegrass is all grown, it's grown mostly up in Oregon. And the weather that we had yesterday was what they have about 10 months a year. So, I mean, uh-huh. it, it, the ryegrass went home for Christmas. I'll tell you, we had a good time. So fertilize it. And then before you mow it, what you want to do is you want to go ahead and dry it out for a couple days. And it might be better okay. to borrow a mower. And uh, it's so you're not, you know, turning on it with your with your mower until uh, it's rooted yeah. better. Borrow a mower and just mow it the first two times with a regular, you know, real mower or rotary mower, either one. And yeah, uh, and I then, have and, one. Yeah, and okay, and then and then come back and, and but but the bigger mower I wouldn't use. And you're gonna w- want to make sure you dry it out at least a day or two before you mow anyway. Okay. One last question. This isn't really that garden related, but combination spot. Yeah, everything's nice and spot that's got like a you could see where the trench was. Mm-hmm. How, how do you how do you fill that? Well, where you where the, where the trench was, you mean in your lawn? Yeah, where the pipes were laid down. Yeah, it's always going to be greener. You know, the, the difference is you didn't homogenize the soil all the same as that trench was dug. And uh, if yeah. the trench sinks a little bit, you can fill that with sand. You can cut it short and fill it with sand. And I wouldn't okay. worry about it as much in the wintertime. But, like, when you're going to transition, and I would do the transition early the first year so that the Bermuda okay. grass can really fill in. So somewhere around the, the first or middle part of April, you're going to want to shut that water off for a couple weeks and scalp okay. it, just like if you're planting ryegrass. And uh, right. let it grow long. Let it grow for two weeks weeks, then come back and scalp it. And then when you do that, if you see that you have some trenches that settle, just put some sand in that time, and that'll all get covered over and filled in really well with the Bermuda grass in the summertime. Perfect. Thank you so much. Merry Christmas. You as well, Chris. Take care. Bye-bye. 
Uh, let's see. Next up, we have uh, John. It looks like he's just somewhere in Southern California. That's a pretty big area, John. Hey, John. Hey, good morning, Brian. How are you? Oh, good. I know which John this is. <laughs> you know, John, you can, you, you can hide your voice about as well as I can hide my voice. Okay? We're, yeah, we're not very, very good at it. Voice. <laughs> no, thank you. Hey, but Brian, I bought some clumping lavender bougainvillea a couple years ago, and I put them out along my fence. Um, and, and I've had them two years now. They grow great, but they're just completely green. They never they never bloom. I don't trim them. Um, and I'm just wondering, what do I got to do to get my uh, bougainvilleas to bloom? Well, first off, you know, normally you just have to be really mean to them, John, and especially okay. here in our desert. But with the Brazilianses, we just, you know, are all the purple ones. We just don't have as much luck with them thriving as we do other varieties. You know, they're a completely different variety. And we're spoiled here in Arizona. I mean, this time of year, especially with the little rain that we had, you know, you do nothing to your bougainvillea and absolutely don't trim them. And I think we get some of the most beautiful blooms because of our intense light any player on the planet. But of all the varieties that, that, that we particularly don't recommend here is Brazilianses. I mean, what's what's been your experience with them in California? Well, you know, I've never grown them uh, in my yard. We've grown them in, in, in containers in the nursery, and they're always, you know, this time of year, just popping beautiful. Um, and so putting them in the ground, I was uh, a little frustrated. I thought they would, you know, come around and, and boy, I'd fertilized them. I put, you know, high P and K in there, low uh, nitrogen, just nothing. They just don't, they just don't bloom. You know, I think, John, you're just too kind. I think, you know, yeah. it's, it's nice to be kind and loving for the holidays, you know, and, and for all the different groups we have here, especially in Southern California. But, you know, we're, we're getting as mixed up over here as Southern California and having a lot of fun doing so. But, uh, you know, I think kindness doesn't go so well with, with Bougainvilleas at times. Okay. So cut the water, cut the fertilizer, you think? And forget about it. Okay, that's really that's what I'll do. <laughs> well, John, you have a Merry Christmas, and uh, and if you get a chance, to, uh, go by and, and say hi to Jim Coiner for me. You know, uh, I certainly will. Okay, Brian, Merry Christmas to you and yours. You as well. Bye bye. Okay, bye. Yeah, John. John's a John's a good friend, and you know we, we do very few interviews here on the radio. But I have a good friend, Jim Coiner, who John's worked with, and uh, and the Conklin family out here too. These are these are all rose growers, and uh, now. Now, basically, uh, Jim Coiner worked for uh, Henry Conklin's father. And to give you an idea how long they've been growing roses, Jim Coiner's 93 years old. So, I mean, the, in the Conklin family here, they started off in California, but they grow a lot of roses out here in the West Valley, as do the Kinleys. There's, there's like four big rose-growing families here. But, you know, roses are such a part of Arizona history. And they found out that uh, instead of growing them in the Central Valley of California, that, you know, it was nicer weather here for them because it was dry and they don't have the problem with mildew and the problems that we have with roses in other parts of the country and the world. You know, people go up to Portland and they had the big Portland Rose Show and they're so beautiful in the summertime and, and roses can do really well in Portland. But they're also fighting powdery mildew and all kinds of issues they have the rest of the year that we don't have to deal with here. So sometimes our dry desert climate is very wonderful for us and it appears to be that way too with some of the citrus diseases and psyllids and things so that many plants we can grow here as well or better than other parts of the world. And absolutely one of my favorites, the one John was talking about, are bougainvilleas. And, you know, this is definitely not a time to prune your bougainvilleas. Enjoy the beautiful color. Bougainvilleas will bloom prettier here this time of year than almost anywhere on the planet. You know, maybe Palm Springs could keep up with this, but not many places. So if you're looking for something fun and something not to prune, uh, that would be the bougainvilleas this time of year. Go ahead and chop them down in March, but not yet. 
And with your roses, you know, enjoy them for the holiday season. There's no reason you have to prune a rose today. And uh, it's, it's a good time to prune one. It's a healthy thing to do. But if you want to enjoy roses, you know, right through New Year's and through Epiphany and, you know, this kind of holiday season, I'd leave those roses. I would be like the Beatles song. I would let it be. Let the roses be right now. Enjoy their flowers and enjoy the holiday season. We do have... Oh, we have wide open phones. So we have the lovely Sherry here on Phones and Music. And if you need a wreath, there's a little color for the holidays. She'll help you out with that. We'll give you one free. You can pick it up today. Now, today we'll be open just till 2 o'clock. And tomorrow we will be closed for Christmas to celebrate with our family, just to let you know. But while we take this short break, give Sherry a call at 602-277-5827. We could talk about anything you want to grow, water, plant, fertilize, or kill. Or if you want to tell us something fun that you're doing for the holidays, we'd love to hear from you. We'll be right back with the Whitfield Nursery Garden show and we're here every sunday morning from 7 to 9 a.m on 92.3 fm ktar During this program, anyway, any sun and sunny slope, it's going to be cloudy slope, but it's a pretty cloudy slope. And if you ever out get on a hike and explore their deserts, uh, if you have a little time off, this is a perfect time, especially with all the rain we've had, to see the deserts of Arizona. And uh, going to be really fun to be outdoors. Well, we have got three lines still open. We have the lovely Shira here on Phones and Music. Just give her a call. Remember to call 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR for the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Dan, good morning. Hello? Hi, Dan. Hi, how you doing? I, I, um, I got a quick question. Um, I have an orange tree, and it's, it's, it's an older orange tree. I've had it. I've, it's been there since I bought the house over 17 years ago. But um, what I noticed is that there were heavy, heavy branches, thick ones, like coming off of the base of it. So it's like some of my main branches have been dying off. And, and just this last year, I cut one off because it just got to the point where it just looked awful. And it had really like the branches were really sharp and 
They felt like they were cutting people as they were walking by them. But when I cut it, I noticed that there was like some kind of um, like a bug or something. It wasn't a bug, but it looked like a worm or something. And I think that's what's been eating it away. What what can I do to save what I have left of this orange tree? Well, number one, Dan, I would I would look down by the base and find out where the limbs are, are starting. And if there's vigorous limbs that are growing close to the ground within the bottom six or eight inches, those are probably the rootstock. And they may be sour orange. And if it's an older tree, they probably are. And they'll grow more vigorously than the rest of the tree come up through the top, but they'll produce a rough, bumpy fruit that's used primarily for a rootstock. And with older trees, and especially older navel orange trees, does it have navels on the good fruit? You know, I don't, I'm, I am, um, I'm not sure I'd have to take a look, but I know they're edible. They, I mean, they, they were, when we first moved in, they taste really good. And then they kind of lost their, they weren't as good after the last 15 years. Well, you might have more, more of a sour orange. You're welcome to send a picture to me. And uh, when we get off the air, if, if you want to leave me your phone number, uh, I'll just send you a text back and you can text me a picture. But what I'm con- kind of concerned of is that with these branches that are coming up down by the ground, they're going to be a rootstock. So this is really a good time of year, like in February, to repair older citrus. And if they had really good oranges before, those were probably navels and or they could have been Arizona sweets or Valencia's. But you might want to just do some major pruning in February and prune off all these other wild limbs that come off up by the ground. And you're going to probably have a, a structure on the inside that's kind of, you know, been basically compromised because of the other shoots growing around it. But they'll come back out and then you could put it on a, a heavy duty fertilizer program starting at Valentine's Day. And feed it once a month through October. And uh, you know, oranges especially uh, can live here over 100 years. So because a citrus tree is 30 or 40 years old doesn't mean it's not going to do well. And we have several in our yard that are around that that age. And we have ones that uh, we used to have at our nursery at Glendale Avenue. Unfortunately, I kept trading my grandmother uh, removing citrus trees for places to plant more nursery stock, and, and we don't have many old ones left there anymore. But at uh, any rate, I, I think some pruning and fertilizing, uh, Dan, I wouldn't give up on it. And I think it could probably come out and, uh, you know, make a decent crop this year. But with a year's growth, the second year probably have a good crop. Oh, okay. So um, is this, did that bug or anything that was kind of digging through it, did that have anything to do? Like, well, do I need to kill that you know, with, with with bugs and like in citrus, I don't know of a real boring insect that usually wins in citrus. Uh, sometimes the old trunks will get kind of hollow on the inside and different things, and there might have been something that was in there. But like the flat-headed boars that affect our desert trees, usually don't bother citrus much. So if you would just hang on with us when we get done, and then I'll uh, I'll get together with you after the show, and we'll see if we can figure out what's going on with your tree. Oh, I really appreciate that. Okay, well, thanks, thanks, Dan. I'm just going to put you on hold, and uh, sure, I'll get your number, okay? Thank you. Have a Merry Christmas. You as well. Well, folks, that leaves us with wide-open phones. We've got about uh, 30 minutes left, and uh, so the, the, here's the deal. If you, if you need a wreath, you need some greens, uh, all you have to do is give Shira a call, and uh, we'll get you on the air, and we can hook you up with whatever greens you want to do, and it'll be kind of a present from us to you on this Christmas Eve. But uh, beautiful morning out there. It looks like the... The sky is not going to be clear, but it's certainly humid and certainly pleasant, and the uh, temperatures are fantastic, and great time to be out here in the valley exploring things and hanging out with family and friends. Um, we've got, you know, four open lines, the number to call 
277-5827, 277-KTAR. And uh, once more, we can talk about whatever you want to grow, water, plant, fertilizer, kill. If you have a fun Christmas sale and uh, in, you know a history of something fun you guys like to do for the holiday season, we'd love to hear from you as well. And we're going to go ahead and uh, let's see. Yeah, we got somebody calling. I'm going to grab the one that's calling in, Shira. And, and if you want to go ahead and get Dan's number, and then we'll go from there. Uh, good morning. Welcome to the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Good morning. Good morning. You're live on the air. We, you know, we're, we, Shira and I hey. traded calls. Hey, thank you. Um, I uh, we have a small cactus with a red blossom that we bought about three years ago. It blossomed the first year, but it hasn't done anything since then, and it's looking real puny. I don't know if we overwatered it or we should use some fertilizer or uh, whatever. Well, do you do you have it in the sun? Yes. Okay, so it's getting full sun. Yes, you get most of the time you get sun. Okay, so most cactus, you know, and it depends if it's a native one. There's different ones. There's grafted cactus and all kinds. So a lot of them are from here, and and then there's tropical ones and different cactus. But for the most part, you know, the more sunlight, the more intense the sunlight, the better they're going to bloom. And and if it's a native one, like a little pincushion cactus and things, they really don't want much water. So if they're watered about once every two weeks in the summer or not at all this time of year, they'll do better. Okay. 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 Yeah, it's kind of puny with a red flower. Kind of unusual. That's why we bought it because it had a red flower. Mm-hmm. And uh, do, we, do we need to fertilize it? Well, yeah, not so much. Let me ask you this. Does it have spines on it? No. Oh, okay. You know what? It might be, because see, there's a lot of grafted cactus and things that you can buy that are more tropical. So if, if it's something like that, and if it's spineless and had flowers on it, it could be a grafted one. And so what I would do okay. for that one would be fertilize it not so much this time of year because it's pretty cool, but starting yeah. in March and use like a higher phosphorus fertilizer, like Miracle Grow is actually pretty good, or Super oh, Bloom, okay. and either one of those okay. would be fine. Are you growing in a container or in the ground? It's in the ground. Okay. In the front yard. Yeah. It's and, a small and, one. What attracted us to us was the red flower. Mm-hmm. And uh, now, how much fertilizer should I use? It's well, only moderation. I mean, it's, it's, a, sm- it's a small okay. plant. You know, so you would, okay. so if you were going to mix up, like if say, for example, use, you know, Fertilome, I mean, even use the uh, miracle Grow or, or use the Super Bloom, you're only going to mix okay. up like a quart and then, then share it with some other plants. Don't put it all in one. Well, so mix it with water before I apply it. Huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are both water soluble and they'll work easier that way. Okay. Well, we sure appreciate your show. Well, did, now, did you want a wreath? Oh, um, yeah, if you got time to come by and pick up a wreath today, we're, we're giving away free wreaths, but I took you kind of out of so that uh, Shira could help the other caller. So if, if you'd like a wreath, hang on and, uh, and Shira will get your number. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a Merry Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got Susan in uh, Sun City. Good morning, Susan. Hi, Brian. I'm calling about cannas and um I talked to you a little bit yesterday and got cut off. Uh, I did split the cannas that I'm mm-hmm. growing in a pot. Okay. And I'm not I'm not getting any kind of flowers on on them. I I used Super Thrive. Okay. And some bone meal. Well, now you know splitting them this time of year, they're not going to bloom. Most of the cannas depends on how they're grown, but they're not going to bloom again probably till March or April. So if you... I, I split them last year 
Okay. And that's why I thought maybe they were just traumatized and not growing. No, they should. I mean, cannas are really a durable plant. And they used to be grown mostly by tubers. And now a lot of them are grown by tissue culture. But they should still, once you split them like that, be back in bloom. And when the days get longer, like March or April, and, and they can bloom all summer. Yes, I, I I keep them in pots because I move them from one side of the house to the other mm-hmm. to, so they can get more sun or, or less sun in the summer. Yeah, as long as they're not on the west side in the summer, they're probably fine. They're probably the best, Susan, on the south side. You know, so are they up in green right now? Or have you yes. cut them back? Okay. Because you could, you could cut them back and let them regenerate this time of year. You know, it's kind of mimicking what used to happen when we used to freeze here. And uh, Are you, do, do I need to cut them back after they bloom? Because I've been just leaving them for the foliage. It, it's well, nice no, they'll, they'll, come back the and, they'll come back and bloom better if you if you'll cut them back. And this would be a good time of year to cut them back. Okay. And, okay. and when, when did you last divide them, Susan? Gosh. If it's that long they ago, we don't all, remember. They sat, yeah, they sat all, yeah, they sat all summer, so it was okay. before the summer. Before Let, last let's summer. do this. This is a perfect time of year to be real proactive. Let's divide them again right now, okay? Cut them off at the oh, ground okay. and let them come back out. Super Bloom would be a great product to use on them. It's got enough nitrogen and it's real high in phosphorus. And I would think that they'll be in bloom again by March. Okay. And... and Oh, let me ask you, you mentioned another plant that is also a winter bloomer that has tubers, I believe. Well, cyclamen's uh, one of my favorite. I yes, mean, you know, yes, for this yes. time of year, especially, you know, just right through the winter, cyclamen are wonderful. And uh, you can, can take them. Can I do the same with them? Keep those over the summer? You can. And actually, if you really want them to do well, what you do is you, you grow them until about May. When they go dormant, cut them off, take the tubers out, put them in a dry paper sack, and put them in the refrigerator. And leave them in the refrigerator until about the first part of September. Take them back out, repot them, and they'll do wonderful. They'll come up and they'll be in bloom before around Thanksgiving. I'd like to try that. They're fun. I mean, cyclamen's one of the most beautiful. It's my absolute favorite winter flower. You know, because the colors are so bright and so intense, and they should be pretty available at nurseries around town. We should have some now, and uh, but they'll stay in bloom, to, you know, through March or April. In May, pull them out of the pot, clean off the bulbs, put them back into the refrigerator, leave them, you know, put them in a bottom corner somewhere in a brown paper bag. Pull them out and replant them next year in September, and they'll be wonderful. Okay. Or if, okay. You're, if, if you're fortunate, right. if you're fortunate enough to you know to leave town for the summer, you know just before you leave in May, <laughs> just put them in a paper bag, put them in the back corner of the refrigerator. When you get back in September, October, plant them. Okay. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye bye. Love your show, Brian. Merry well, Christmas. Yeah, sorry about yesterday. You were just gone all of a sudden. <laughs> I know. I, I don't know what happened. <laughs> it's okay. Well, we, what Merry we usually Christmas. call it the radio station, uh, uh, and the kind of fun movie to watch are gremlins. They kind of sneak in sometimes this time of year, Susan. Uh, yep. Merry Christmas. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. And Susan Monday is here back on Sunday for the Woodfield Nursery Garden Show News. She's going to get us all enlightened on what's going on. Looks like the lines are full. Uh, so after one's gone after the break, you can give Shira a call at 602-277-5827. We're here every Sunday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on 92.3 FM KTAR with the Woodfield Nursery Garden Show.
folks. Beautiful uh, Sunday morning out here, and even a prettier song. Um, get right to the phones. Charles in North Phoenix. Good morning, Charles. Morning. Thank yes, you sir. for taking my call. Uh, I'm looking at uh, transplanting two trees. One's a Meyer lemon, and it's uh, about four feet high, and the other one is a dragon blood tree that's about three feet high. I'm putting them into uh, larger pots. When is a good time to do that? Oh, you're just transplanting them between containers, Charles? Yeah, the uh, dragon blood tree is splitting the pot. It's okay. in about a eight-gallon uh, container. The, best, the best time, Charles, and... would be to uh, transplant them probably in March when they're more actively growing. Uh, that way okay, they'll re-root kind of, yeah, re and fill back in faster. And uh, you could do them now. It probably wouldn't hurt anything. But the ideal time would be in March when it's warm enough for them to actually grow. Yeah. Uh, well, I couldn't lift the uh, one that the Meyer lemon was in <laughs> yeah, because it's water-soaked right now. So, but... Okay, that's yeah. all I needed. Let, let them Thank dry you. out. Yeah. You know, it's cool weather. They're not using much water. And, uh, yeah, then, then March yeah. is the best time. Well, thank you for uh, your show. I really appreciate it. Well, thanks for part of, being part of it, Charles. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Uh, Eric in Phoenix. Good morning, Eric. Good morning. How, how are you today? I'm enjoying this day. It's really quite pretty out. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I like it. I'm out driving it, picking up some... Christmas pies. <laughs> Tis the season, right? <laughs> yes. So uh, my question is, I um, had a lot of landscaping done about four years ago. had a bunch of trees and stuff planted. And one of the trees is a blood orange tree. And it finally bared fruit this year. Uh, first year for it bearing fruit after four years. And I thought that they were ready, and I took one off, and I tested it, and boy, that was one sour orange. Well, a couple really of things. sour, but it's really it's, but, but it's a blood orange. It's got good color to it, right? Yeah, it's a really strong um, orange, almost like a safety orange. The rind. Okay. Yeah. So it's it. You know, with the blood oranges, you leave them on the tree longer, they'd be better. And the other thing is, is you want to let them dry out so the sugar content can build up. So plant it in the ground, you know, this time of year, you can water it about once a month. Okay. And if you'll harvest it when the soil's on the dry side, uh, especially if you let it dry for a couple of weeks first, it'll have more sugar and be better. And there, you know, for like a moral blood, it's, it's traditionally ripe and it's best probably about the first or second week of February. So it just needs a little more time. Okay. All right. And some of them have a real bumpy rind on them. Is well, that the real bumpy, yeah, the real bumpy rind, if it's really sour, might be the rootstock. That's something I was kind of afraid of. So if you'll follow the, the branch that has the bumpy fruit down to the against the tree, and if that comes up in the bottom six or eight inches close to the ground, that could well be a sour orange. So that might be the rootstock. You know, and not actually be a blood orange. Right. So it might be producing fruit that's not, you know, part of what was grafted and intended to be. It might not be a blood orange, but it might be a sour orange, which could be a rootstock. And if that's the case, okay. you want to follow that branch down and just cut it off. And if you notice that that branch has a lot more thorns on it, that would be make it very subject. Yeah, these, these oranges are pretty high up, so I don't think they're a rootstock orange. 
Well, the thing with the rootstocks, Eric, is they're usually very vigorous, and they'll grow right up through the center of the tree. And uh, like in our orchard, a commercial orchard, you know, if we have the rootstocks, they'll go right up the middle of the tree, and we'll notice them growing on the top, and that's when we, we track them down the grove and prune them off. So just see if that one that has the bumpy orange doesn't come from close to the ground, separate from the main trunk. And if it does, okay. just cut it off. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Uh, uh, let's see. It looks like uh, Chris in Queen Creek. Good morning, Chris. Hey, I'm back. Sorry. No Could problem. I ask you a couple plants that I should, should I worry about covering them? Do I need to cover dwarf myrtles if it gets to like 32? Or I have dwarf myrtles, boxwood beauties, iceberg roses. Do I cover any of those? Well, the only one that would be subject to freezing would be the boxwood beauties. So the dwarf myrtles, you know, it, it would have to be down below 10 degrees. And the rose is probably oh. below zero. So those are, you know, fine. Any weather we're going to ever have. Boxwood beauties, on the other hand, especially if they're young ones, uh, can be damaged yeah. by a frost in the high 20s. So if it's going to be down below 30, okay. you want to cover those. How about, uh, what is it, Japanese boxwoods? How about those? Japanese boxwoods will take a lot more cold. Some of them will color and turn a little bit golden and lighter color in the wintertime from the cold. But as far as, th you know, yeah. living in the temperature, it won't bother them. Last one, uh, some very, like, four small, four-foot-tall ficus. About what temperature do I worry about those? Well, young ficus, you know, 32, because you got to make sure you catch them. Okay. And and the best way, Chris, yep. okay. with, with these ones that are frost tender is get some frost cloth and put up a stake or something yeah. to support it and capture more airspace underneath it and, and support it over uh -huh. the top. Okay. Thank you, sir. Have a great day. Thank you, Chris. Bye-bye. Oh, let's see. Next, we've got Margaret in Sun Lakes. Hello, Margaret. Hello, Brian. Merry Christmas. To you as well. Uh, thank you. Uh, I have two plants. I don't. I didn't plant it. They grow outside uh, of my door, you know, near a very narrow, you know, planter area. Mm -hmm. I didn't dare to transplant it before. I don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. They are like a two and a half uh, feet tall already. Can I text you the picture so you can tell me? Because I went to Lowe's, they don't know. Well, I'll tell you what. You just uh, I'm going to put you back on hold, uh, Margaret, and uh, yeah, and I'll get your phone number and I'll give you a call after the show. We'll figure them out, okay? Okay. Also, where's your closest uh, store? A nursery near me. And Sun Lake's probably the one, the, one, the one in Gilbert, and that's going to be on Staple. Well, actually, on your side, it's on Cooper Road and Guadalupe. Oh, Cooper in Guadalupe. Yeah. I'll, I'll go pick up some. Yeah, for so so from Sun Lakes, you can just go right up the 101 freeway, and uh, uh -huh. and run up to Guadalupe and go right across, and we'll be right there on the corner till two o'clock. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. I will. I will hang up. Right. You will call me. No, I'm no. gonna. Yeah, but I'm gonna put you on hold first. Then Shira's gonna get your number. Okay. 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 Hold on. Thank you. And Mary and Gilbert. Good morning, Mary. Morning. I want to plant something that will grow up the north side of a brick wall mm -hmm. that'll survive the heat. I mean, it doesn't get much light exposure till the summertime. Just when it gets so really hot, when it's 115 somewhere around the 22nd of June, that's when it's going to get sun. Um, so ideally, Mary, what uh, we have at our home is we grow creeping fig vine, ficus repens. 
And uh, it's kind of a tropical vine that's real dark green. It clings to the wall by itself. And it's a little slower getting started, but as it matures, it makes a wonderful plant that gives you great coverage there on the wall. The best time to plant those would be uh, when they're going to warm enough for them to grow, sometime after the 15th of February. And uh, they'll cling to the wall by themselves, be easy to grow, and uh, dark green and very pretty, easy to maintain. Oh, perfect. That would be great. Okay. And then if we can get a wreath, do we just go to the store? Yep. Uh, And uh, Deshira should have your number already. And um, so Um, if we got your number... No, okay. What we're going to do, Mary, is I'm going to put you on hold so Shira can get your number. And uh, if you're in Gilbert, the Gilbert store is going to be the closest there at Cooper and Guadalupe and go see uh, Jennifer and the gang. They'll only be there till two, though. Okay. So after two, you'll you'll just see a closed gate. But uh, go see them before (laughs) two, Mary, and we'll we'll get you hooked up for Christmas. Okay. I'm going to put you back on hold. And we'll be right back with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. While we're gone, we actually have wide open phones. We're going to come back with about 10 minutes left. The number to call is 602-277-5827-277-KTAR. warm beach and the second largest wreath in the world and he's he's gone on now but uh he was a lot of fun anyway welcome back to the whitfield nursery garden show i want to take a minute and invite you out to whitfield's now today is a short day if you need a christmas tree uh you're gonna have to catch us by two o'clock or we're not gonna have any more left um but we will be open at our original store at 824 East Glendale at Cooper, which is the same as Stapley in Guadalupe, or 26470 Southern. We also have a lot up at Bell Road and 64th Street. This would be the final day of the year for the lot, but not for the nurseries. However, we are closed tomorrow on Christmas Day at all of our locations. Uh, if you're looking for a perfect gift, if you're having the, you know, kind of running out of ideas, come out and see us. We can give you a gift certificate that you can redeem anytime for a tree, a flower, a shrub, or, you know, whole vegetable garden full of stuff, anything you want to do. And with those, we grow all kinds of trees from 15 gallons to big 72-inch box. Now, you're not going to take a 72-inch box home today, but if you want to wrap a bow around something and get a nice citrus tree, you can certainly do that. We have beautiful palms and flowers and all kinds of fun things. Or if you want to give a gift that'll last a lifetime and maybe it was a little hot on you last summer, we can plant a big shade tree. And not this week because we're going to run out of time for the blue steak, but we can plant one for you right after the first of the year and have a gift that'll last a lifetime. Like I say, we're open today from 8 in the morning until uh, 
2 in the afternoon. It'll be closed tomorrow. And if you need a Christmas tree, a wreath, or poinsettia, we've got a pretty good selection of poinsettias at Glendale, a few up at the Bell Road lot. Uh, some nice wreaths still and garlands, and all fresh. And if you have a tree that uh, maybe wasn't made from organic materials, um, we have ways to brighten up your house for Christmas. Uh, come out and see us at Whitfield Nursery. Uh, let's see. Next up, we have got Scott in Peoria. Morning, Scott. Good morning. How are you? Oh, enjoy, enjoying the day. It's going to be a, a fun Christmas. Beautiful day. Nice. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. To you as well. So we, we had heard you um, earlier in the year um, talking about uh, a plant that like, is like a Lady Banks rose, but um, it's not a Lady Banks rose, but it's similar to a Lady Banks. And we couldn't remember what plant you had We've got a couple different ones that I, I like better than Banks Roses, personally, because they blew longer. One's called a Cecil Bruner, and it's going to be a very vigorous rose uh, that's going to have a pink flower. Small flower, kind of like a Banks, but it'll never bloom with that you know intense amount of bloom all at once, but it will bloom several months a year instead of two weeks. And we also okay. have a red one that sometimes is referred to as a red Banks, but it's really not a red Banks. We used to just call it mini red rose, but it's a red rose that's uh, very similar to that Cecil Bruner and uh, that will have a darker red color flower. Okay, I, I have one more question. We have a west wall that we haven't been able to really grow anything that survived um, for some reason. I'm not sure why. Um, and we're we looking for something that we, we do have a bar of vine that survived, but the Lady Banks rose have died. The lantana live, but um, we're looking for something that might climb on that west wall. Um, Is this the west side of the wall or the walls in the west side of the property? It's the east side of the west wall. Oh, that that shouldn't be as difficult. So there's, um, you know, probably the most popular thing recently is tangerine cross vine. But really on the east side of a wall like that, either one of those roses would do very well and uh, and be easy to grow. So there's quite a few options on the east side of a wall. The west side gets a little tougher, but... um, no, just the, you know, especially as spring comes around here, you can see anything from passion vines you could grow there, which are kind of fun. Uh, snail vine. There, there's a lot of options. Perfect. I appreciate your help today, and you have a wonderful Christmas. You too. Thanks, guys. Bye bye. Thanks. Uh, Brian in Phoenix. Good morning, Brian. Hey, good morning, Brian. How are you? Enjoy the morning. It's it's pretty. It's almost foggy here in Sunny Slope. Not as dense, I guess, as it is it's, in South Phoenix. It it it, it, is, it is all over the valley. Quick question for you. The I've got a bell pepper plant. How it's still going? Mm-hmm. What's the? Will it go through the winter, or do I need to cover it? Or well, you'll need to prevent it? it from freezing. But bell peppers can last like three years, and so there's no reason to to let it go. Just put up, uh, you know, some supports in there to support some frost cloth if you need to, and cover it. Okay. Very cool. I appreciate the information. Well, enjoy it. And peppers, you know, they're, they're just fun. Peppers and eggplants uh, both do quite well for two or three years. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. Uh, um, Reese, do you guys still have Reese available? We do. We have Reese. In fact, you, you should have won one. So did uh, Shira get your number? Oh, okay. If not, I'm yes, you, I'm, she did. Okay, perfect. Then, then you can just stop by the nursery where you're located. What part of town? I'm uh, I'm actually it'll be the the your original store in We'll be open till two. Okay, well, thank you very much. I thank appreciate you. your your information. Merry Christmas, Brian. Bye bye. Merry Christmas to you, uh, Claudette and Glendale. Good morning, Claudette. Good morning. Um, we have a garden in our backyard and decided to plant a blackberry bush 
for the very first time. Um, we planted it last early last spring, and it survived the summer, which surprised me. Um, it grew, but not a whole lot. It's got some canes, and they're just kind of laying on the ground, and we had maybe eight blackberries in the spring. Um, what should I do with it now in the wintertime? Well, not so much, but you want, want to prep the soil and make it sure that it's ready and has plenty to grow on in the spring. You know, they'll typically really kick in and grow starting about the you know, Valentine's Day, middle of February. Um, if you want to be organic, you could even get some like pelletized chicken manure and work in the soil around it at the base, or just be prepared to feed it with a balanced fertilizer, like a 10, 10, 10, make sure it's deep watered and, uh, deep watered about once a week after it starts to grow this time of year, it's not going to use much water, but it'll kick in and really start to grow. Um, some of these like the Arkansas black and some of the new ones are, will stay fairly evergreen, though they may lose their, their leaves in the winter if it gets cold. But uh, when spring comes, make sure it's just happy, has plenty to eat, and it'll give you plenty of berries. Okay. Um, are we supposed to cut them back in the winter? Not on a young one like that. I think if you build more mass, you know, your, your plant's going to be better. Are you going to stake it up and are going to grow it just as a full bush from the ground? Um, right now it's just full bush on the ground, but we were wondering if we should be staking it. Well, I'll tell you a little trick, Claudette. How much room do you have for it to grow? Well, we planted it about two and a half feet away from our west wall, so it's mm -hmm. facing east. Okay. Um, so we gave it plenty of room, be you know, in front of that wall. So if you really want it to spread, take those runners that are laying down on the ground, okay? Yeah, they, okay. You know, shoots and dig a little hole and bury them halfway in the ground. Let them come back up. Okay. So leave some of the stock out, put some of the stock back in and do that on both sides, horizontal, kind of take them back towards the wall side. And those will actually root and make your plant bigger. And if you have room there to grow a pretty big bush, you know, one that's going to be about five or six feet tall and three foot wide, it'll do it. And then by rooting okay. some of those runners, you're going to expand the size of the plant. Great. Well, have okay, fun. Well, I got to say goodbye because we're out of time, but I uh, appreciate the call. Okay. Merry Christmas you to as you. Well. Robert and Tempe, I'm going to have to take you out of the air, off the air because a lot of times she was here smiling at me. Hey, everyone, have a Merry Christmas. Remember to go out and love each other. We celebrate all kinds of holidays here. You know, we have lots of great face and different ideas and lots of styles. I had a good friend, Mike, who grew up, and his real name's not Mike. His real name's uh, Mott Mood. And he grew up in Bethlehem right across the street from Jesus. And he reminds me all the time that uh, he grew up in the best city in the world. And they celebrated Muslim and Christian and and. and and uh, Hebrew holidays all together. And because they had such a mixed neighborhood, they always had a party going on somewhere in the hood. And let's just keep the parties going up here in that, uh, that good old uh, Bethlehem spirit today here in the United States. We'll be back with you next, uh, well, we'll be back before next year, just next Sunday with the Whitfield Industry Garden Show.